It's officially football season, and from here it's Potable is back. Let's go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They are the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online, and it's easy, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com, through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com, or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the return of From Here It's Potable. Getting ready for football season. I've got Hunter Davidson here. How's it going? Pretty good. What about you? I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to get back to talking football. That is for sure. I know. I know there's been a lot of rumors and speculation that I'd quit the podcasting game, mostly started by you. But that was not true. I just wanted to get closer. I wanted the calendar to turn to August, and you can kind of see, you can smell football coming. And now we're here, and and we can we can get started. Yeah, and I think we don't like. I don't want to do a bunch of fluff podcasting. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's only some, you know, the summer is long and your fluffing days are over once baseball's. Yeah. Baseball's over. Um, it's just, I don't want to podcast just a podcast. Right. I want something to talk about. Yep. And uh, we do have a lot to talk. I was thinking just in general, is this the most unknown we've had going into a season since Cliff's first year? Like when we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be, there was, there was just a lot up in the air of how Cliff would run a program. Cause like, I feel like we got it. We got the idea with Wells because he brought his entire staff. We knew their deal, but with Cliff, I just felt like there was a lot of unknown, but maybe it was, it was just too far. I'm too far removed from it, and I don't remember. It, it just maybe I'm overestimating how much unknown there is going into this season, but it just seems like there's a lot up in the air. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, two new play callers, and then the quarterback. The, although I think we're pretty, it's pretty clear who's going to start. But yeah, uh, just that there is debate about you know who's the best guy, and having new play new play callers and um, a new coach, and then also a schedule that's like so challenging. You yeah. know, I think. There's yeah. less it's, – it's different. If, if we had all the same questions and we were playing, you know, some of those early 2000 schedule where you play three or four games mm-hmm. um, without being challenged, uh, it wouldn't be that big a deal because we'd kind of learn a lot about ourselves before, you know, the bullets were actually flying. But uh, this one is like, you know, <laughs> we may be underdogs in, in both of our non-conference games, yeah. which has like never happened. 
yeah, imagine if McGuire starts seven and zero like Cliff did, like <laughs> with this schedule. <laughs> that means you would have beaten NC State, Houston, Texas, Kansas State. <laughs> that would be incredible. Oklahoma State. Uh, anyway, so, but a lot of the stuff we want to talk about, we you asked for questions, so I'll let you go through those. But a lot of that's covered, and we'll. We'll, this won't be our last preview. This is kind of a, a – Yeah, I'm sure we'll do one as fall camp's going on and we're getting interviews. Yeah, we'll get more information. Digest and, um, you know, stuff like that. And then, and then, yeah, then obviously one – maybe not previewing Murray State. Because right. I'm sure we'll do one each week once the season starts. Yeah, like last year. We kind of – last year we got into a groove where it was half review, half preview, and that, that seemed to work pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Questions. Some of these are, you know, not very serious, but we'll we'll read them anyways. The, the first one is from THA3, and he just yeah, asks, yeah. who is Taylor? And I, I, I guess he's either being serious and doesn't know who you are, or um, he's making fun of you for not ever doing a podcast. Yeah, I don't know, because I'm not, I'm not familiar with this username, so honestly, it could be either, but but the first comment, the, the quick, you know, the snap call comment is normally a, uh, a a joke, right? You know, the first comment in a thread. You would think that maybe he's just a big 409 fan and he has you on like alert. So whenever you post, he's right there. And so he's like, who is this joker doing podcasts with my guy? Yeah. The next one is from Joe Pritch. Who's asked this twice? Who asked who would win in a fight, you or Taylor? And this is deja vu because almost a year to the day, he asked this exact question. And I'm we sure we it answered down. it. Okay, I was going to say, it. yeah. We did a breakdown. At the time, you were hobbled. You had yeah. your Achilles issue. That's right. So it was a clear, clear answer. I mean, we, if you want to know, go back and listen to uh, last August's yeah. podcast. I, I wonder, I mean, I, I wonder, like, did he know that he'd already asked this? Because when I when I searched his name with fight and Joe and his, his username, it came up a ton. It's something that he consistently he's asking in various settings. And he's got his profile picture is uh, Randy yeah. Marsh beaten up. So I, maybe he doesn't even realize that he, he's already asked us this. He has his bit and he sticks to it, I guess. Yeah. Okay, the next one is from Cole Allen. And he asks a, a good question, but... It's, he is, he's essentially asking, um, is there a way to quantify how valuable in terms of added wins that Joey McGuire will bring to the team? Mm-hmm. Um, and he acknowledges that he's never coached a game. And, it, and he's also asking, like, is that impossible to do? And so what, what I, the way I kind of approached this was um, if you're talking about wins in a season, you know, the, the biggest factors is – who you're playing the schedule, mm-hmm. how good your players are, and then your play callers or right. you know, who's scheming week to week. And so I like, would ask you what percent of our season will depend on those three things, how good our players are, mm-hmm. the, the schedule we're playing, and our play callers. I, it's got to be over 90%. Oh, in my yeah. Opinion. I mean, yeah. it's – I mean, what else would even take up percentages? Just so, yeah, random. so – this a real squishy like motivation yeah um or or possibly like a culture right. type thing which would take a while to to set in although you biggest, do hear a lot about that with mcguire but yeah, yeah how the, do you quantify it i don't know the biggest one for me that's outside of those three is 
decisions to kick, punt, go right. for it. Those are the ones where, like a coach, ha- a coach that's not a play caller has a legitimate impact on the game. And I, that is a, I'm extremely curious to to figure that out with McGuire. Yeah, you we know, don't know what his system is. Uh, if he's analytics, if he's feel, we don't know. Yeah, because you know, generally being a super super aggressive is is what you're supposed to be doing. You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're wanting to add wins, and maybe you don't, you know, some people don't want to be aggressive. Like if you're if you're Alabama and you're expected to win 11 games, you know, you don't want to turn the dial up on like variance necessarily. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you're Kansas, you do, uh, you don't have a ton to lose, but I, yeah, I, I am extremely curious to see if, you know, fourth and two at our own 40 and we're playing Texas and it's in the first quarter and they've scored or maybe they haven't. I mean, what are we doing? Right. We're at our own 40. Especially because he strikes me as an aggressive guy. And if I but remember I right, he was at Cedar Hill. Like it's been so long, but I kind of yeah. And high school's that. high school's different though. Right? I, yeah, Punting, it is. You're not as yeah. efficient punting. Yeah, and um, but know, he's also he's, a, so like even though his personality seems to be that aggressive type, he's a defensive guy at heart, and defensive guys tend to not want to put their defense in bad situations. Which yeah, and he also seems old school. Right, he seems kind of old school. Yeah, but yeah. I, I it wouldn't surprise me if he's like crazy uber aggressive. Or if he's like super conservative, I, I really don't. No, have yeah, feel for. Or him. it would. It honestly wouldn't shock me either if he had a guy with running the numbers. That wouldn't. That wouldn't be the craziest thing to me because he, he seems to do that. Like he depends on those numbers when they're recruiting. Like he has specific. I need these measurables. You know these types of this speed, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we're that's something that maybe we can find out. We won't find out like what he would do, obviously, but maybe his process this one this next week and i did i watched uh you know in the some of the kitley stuff at western kentucky he had a guy that was letting him be extremely aggressive they mm. were they were very of course when you have a good offense that's you know that's a good it's easy to make those decisions but uh he was letting him i mean they were going for it from pretty much anywhere on the field yeah and and, and there are head coaches who they get on with their coordinator and you know how do you feel do you have a play here Basically is the question for an offensive guy, you know, I, my head coach would get on, do we have a play here? Do you know? And it was a simple yes or no. Like, do I feel good about what we've got? Yes. And so that, that goes into it too. So it'll, it'll be interesting how he handles that. And to, to answer the question, I think it's kind of impossible for us to know right now. And for some of the, the motivation, the culture thing, you know, I would think, that it would take more than a couple months and a spring and a, a fall camp for that to set in. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, I, I, it's tough for me to, I, you know, I think that's a good question. That's kind of like what you're, um, you know, if you're betting on, on this stuff, you can, you can really get a, a handle on how good the players are on everybody uh, on each side or in like scheme. And, and like, this is kind of like the difference between like winning and losing. If you can figure out, you know, what, what coaches are able to, have yeah. an actual effect, negative or positive. Uh, so that was a good question. Yep. Okay, then we got some over-unders from Run the Draw TT. Christopher Maltzanti. Uh, that's all. I just assume that's who that is. Back yeah, from the cool. dead. He's a, I know this guy. He's a massive Sopranos fan. I think he's watched it like five times. <laughs> um, you know what my, my Sopranos hot take is? It's good. Maybe overrated. Excellent no. show. Excellent yeah, it's show. My, it's my number maybe, one. Maybe overrated. 
but that's for another day. Yeah. It's my number one. Um, Okay. First one, Donovan Smith rushing touchdowns over under seven and a half. And my initial reaction to that was like, this has got to be under, even if he starts. Right. So we had seven total quarterback rushing touchdowns last year Two Columbia, two shuck. I mean, yeah. And uh, four Donovan. Mm -hmm. And I I tend to agree with you. He's not going to start the season. Yeah. But he is going to be in some situations to run, you know, he, so another way, I mean, he had four last year and he didn't play half the year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's a, it's not a bad number. I do think it, if he's starting more than like seven games, it's he's probably going over. Yeah, I would take yeah. the under. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and, if you if you think he's starting, you're right. If you think he's going to start the season, the best bet is probably over. But, and then I don't know. Um, you know, I think Cumby was really was good at. Uh, he he's he has had experience with a running quarterback, you know, at TCU, and then mm-hmm. last year with us. I mean, he. I don't know if Kittley's going to rely on that as much. Now Cliff did in the red zone. You know, yes. Cliff. Ran That's what I was about to say. He he's Pat, not unfamiliar with it. Pat had a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bowman member sacrificed his liver, it, lung, worst, or whatever. Uh, worst play call of all time. Doing that. Yes. So. So I, yeah, I, I would take the under. Okay, next one is JJ Sparkman. Receiving touchdowns over under five and a half. I'm taking the under. Yeah, I think Spark is going to be good, but that's a lot for a. I mean, like if he's doing, if he's going over, we're talking, we're talking about him next year. Like he was Izukama, I think, coming into last year. So, yeah, we didn't, we didn't have a single, we we didn't have a single receiver with more than four yeah. last year. So, taking the under there. Miles Price over under receiving yards 750. He had like 500 and change, and and we didn't use him like the first three or four games last year right. for some reason. I'm I think that's over. easily over. Yes, this um, same. Yeah, I think he's going to be. Yeah, he's, I think he's going to lead. I, I would have it much higher than that if I was setting like an over under, trying to get like 50 50. Yeah, chance on either side, especially the way uh, Cumby, sorry, Kitley used has used slot receivers in the past. Like they yeah. are going to be used. Definitely. Did you intentionally mute right there? Yes. My happened? dog is building a nest in the chair next to me. So okay. that's what you're hearing. <laughs> uh, next one is Shuck game started six and a half. I'm going over. Oh, okay. That is very interesting. All right. I think I'm going under. It's a good line. I mean, it's a good number because it's got, you know, he could play, he could be the best quarterback on the team and there's, and go under that with injuries. Um, and then also it's like that, it's, I think that six game stretch is kind of uh, telling, you know, I, it's a question for me that the, a big question on the season is if we, if we lose the games that we're supposed to lose, we're not going to have a very good record in the first <laughs> no. half of the, in the first half of the season. No, we are and, not. And can a quarterback that so if we if we lose the game we're supposed to lose, presumably the quarterback isn't playing exceptionally well, right? I mean, if he uh, yes, if he's, if he's playing really really well, then we're probably not going to be two and four. Yes, we're, or me, one in, and five. Or in something my opinion, crazy. the only position group or the only position that can turn losses into wins single handedly is quarterback. And so that's a lot to ask of any of these guys, but that kind of goes to your sentiment that he's probably not 
he's not playing out of this world if we're two and four. And so it's a yeah, it's a good number. I'm I would lean over there because I just think generally that if you have a guy that's going to start and you say, okay, is he going to start more than six games on the year? Probably is. Um, but that's I wouldn't I don't feel great about that. I'm and then, yeah, another yeah. another thing, something that I'm curious about is, you know, it's like to what extent are we using Donovan? Um, because like as I'm trying to like model out our quarterback situation this year, I I wanna I can't get a handle on what percent how how often, how many like simulations of this season does Shuck not give the job away, but Donovan be involved enough and play so well in, in limited moments mm-hmm. that he take that he takes it. Cause that, yeah. that's rare. You know, like a, most quarterbacks don't, there's no, it's not possible for that to happen. You know, like if they play well, they're not going to lose the job because yeah. they're not, they're not sharing the snaps with someone. But, but I, I think it's safe to say that uh, Donovan is going to have a role. And if it's super small, then he probably can't win the job in, within this small role where he's just like, you know, belly flopping for on fourth and one and stuff. Yeah. But if it's like bigger than that, if it's, if he's like, remember, uh, you know, West Virginia had this happen last year uh, where they had that little uh, mobile quarterback that they would like give us like every third series. And then they would sometimes like inside their 30, he would like take over. And that it was a big enough role to where he ended up just like, you know, winning the job from Daigie, even though they both like weren't playing that well, you know, Um, like Tua Tagailoa, I guess, is an example where the quarterback, you know, um, Hurts, J- Hurts, like wasn't playing terrible, but the job ended up getting taken from him because yeah. it's like a shuck, maybe an example at Oregon. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that, yes. guy only, that guy barely played that yeah. Anthony Brown that season, but and anyways, wasn't that, great last year. <laughs> yeah, so I can't. That that's something that I struggle with because I can kind of get a sense of like, all right, Shuck, if he plays bad. Donovan's going to step in. If he gets hurt, if, Donovan's going to step if in. If he keeps turning the ball over, yeah, Guire's not going to put he, up with that. Right, but even if he's not – I think there are there is there are situations where he is not turning the ball over and loses the job. I, yes. I don't know. It might be a super small amount, or it might not be. I, yeah. I'm, anyways, okay. Next one is more I'm going rushing. under, by the way. Under, okay. Yeah. More rushing yards, Taj Boyd or Sir Roderick? Taj. Taj Boyd. That's not his. Taj Brooks. I don't know. Yeah. He, he did this last year. He, <laughs> I was like, that's not his name. <laughs> he did He did over-unders last year and, and had that. So, uh, Brooks had 20 less carries last year and 68 more yards. Um, Taj is special. Sir Roderick's very good, in my opinion. But Taj, I think, is special. I think Sir Roderick's better. But um, – Really? I got, yeah. I, I think he's been kind of dinged he, up. He does things better for sure, uh, but his fumbles bother me. And sometimes I think he's too patient. He does that old Le'Veon Bell thing where he, he wants to find the perfect hole, and so he kind of like shuffles behind the offensive line. And I really like Taj's ability to just go. Yeah. I, I, sh- I, I would make that kind of uh, – I'd probably make – Brooks a small favorite, like tiny favorite mm-hmm. over him. But I would be inclined to bet Sir Roderick, um, like at a you know, as yeah. a small underdog. Yeah. Uh which one, you know, I think um there's some questions that are related to this coming up. Um Killy, in what I've watched, 
I can't really remember with Cumbie. I know with Yost, we didn't do it. We didn't throw to our running backs. No, much. yeah, because because you know his offense was that kind of that that system that gimmick where uh, not you know where our we were running a play fake so yeah. much. I mean, yeah. we just weren't running our like routes with our running backs that much. Mm-hmm. And plus, Roger wasn't that good of a receiver then, anyways. Um, but I think Killy Cliff did it a ton. Yeah, I think Killy has these scary yeah. concepts that use throwing to the running back a ton. Yeah, they almost and, act like another slot receiver sometimes. And uh, they go to the and they go to the flat. And yeah, they, you know, and it's all those basic staple air raid plays that the running back is involved. And if the defense is doing certain things, that's who that's getting the ball. You know, yeah. and um, which one of those is the better receiver? Like Sirodrick has had a ton of room to improve there, and he when has. He, he when has. he catches it, he is. If he catches the ball, yeah, that's it, the thing. Yeah. We're we're in pretty good shape there. Yeah, um, but they've both had moments. Well, Sirodrick's had great moments and awful moments. He's had some big drops. Like I can remember drive killing drops by him, like two or three of them. But he's also had some great plays after the catch, like you mentioned. Um, Brooks, though, he hasn't had as many opportunities, so I only remember like him being pretty he, – he seems like the average running back as a receiver. He's nothing – he's not just in Stockton, but he's also – you know, he's not the worst you've ever seen. So he's just you know, the average running back. But the thing that we can't know is you know they're doing this a ton in practice. So yeah. that's what's that's what's interesting okay. to me. And the, the only reason I brought it up is because I – I mean, I want to say whoever is the better receiver of that group may have less carries mm. as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, though that might be an effect of that, right? Um, and would make me want to have pick the lesser receiver as the one to have more yards rushing. But you could also see it as the lesser receiver won't play as much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, more catches, Baylor Cup or Mason Tharp? This is a. This is a question here really i'm gonna go with a guy who's like caught a pass in a college game yes i i agree with you but cup is special as as like a prospect i should say like well i think he was the number one tight end in the country when he signed without a&m or yeah a&m i mean he those guys the AM coaching staff was very excited, very. And, you know, he just never could stay healthy, but like he was always in their plans. So <clears throat> I don't know. I, it is, it's, it's probably going to be Tharp and I, I would bet on Tharp, but if cup, and again, you say this about guys all the time, but if cup can stay healthy, put it together, I don't know. He's he, he might be special. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, if blocking is a problem for Tharp, then he's, he may be running more routes. Yeah, true. Then um, the next one is to pick who has the most touchdown, well, just catches in general, um, Jaran Bradley versus Loic versus Sparkman. I'm going to go Bradley. Yeah, I would too. I think I would go Bradley with both TDs and catches. Yeah, and I think and Loic would be right kind of close – Sparkman is a total unknown to me. Like we've heard rumors of McGuire saying how awesome he is, but yeah, really and Loic was getting um, reps two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, I think he's 
you know, his, this is kind of time time for him. Him being injured in the spring sucks. So I don't know how that'll impact, but yeah, I think I'd go Bradley. So next one is over under 1,400 rushing yards for Brooks and Sir Roderick combined. We had 2,000 yards rushing last year. We ran it a lot. Yeah, we did. Humby. Humby yes. is, we had an effective – we were good at it. Right. Um, this is tough for me. I've watched – I understand that Kitley is going to do what works. Right. I've, I've watched enough Western Kentucky now – to be kind of skeptical, like they <laughs> they threw it. it it's a they, it's a totally he's going to have to totally change his running scheme uh, for it to look, resemble anything close to last year. Yes, uh, for sure. It, yeah. I mean, it's a um, it's more similar. What they did was more similar to Leach offense than anything we've done ever since Leach yeah. left. I mean, Cliff would run the ball. Uh, I mean, he well. He at the beginning of games and seasons, he would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he, but he, it wasn't uh, – I guess here's another way to put it. Like, Cliff would look like we were going to run the ball, and then we'd run it. I mean, it never looked like Kelly was going to run the ball at Western Kentucky. Yeah. Ever. It what was, do you think – so 2017, Cliff's last decent year, how many yards do you think we had? Here are our running backs. Justin Stockton, Trey King, Desmond Nisby, Demarcus Felton. How many total yards those four guys get? So I, I I recall, you know, that um that was like one of our better throwing seasons with Cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh Shimanek threw like a good deep ball. And we just like we were really airing it out. Um how many total rushing yards do I think we had? About to those about to the four running backs, yeah. So not receivers or anyone else, just running backs. Mm-hmm. Basically, this question in 2017. Um, I'd say thirteen hundred, seventeen ninety-five. Wow, which is a lot more than I thought and would have thought. So that's why this, to me, might even though I, I initially thought way under, well, maybe not way under, under, makes me think that's probably a pretty good number. We might go over that just based off the talent in that room. Yeah, I would probably go under with those. Those just those two running backs, you know, mm-hmm. one could get hurt, yeah, this time. True, and, and we, they might, have. We, might, we might use receivers. We have quarterbacks that run. Um, you know, I think we could have 1800 yards rushing if those guys go under, yeah. Um, I can't remember, you know, and also Cliff was like breakneck pace. I mean, we might have been, we might have had 100 plays a game, 2017. Yeah, true. Next one is this is an easy one. Freshman and or redshirt freshman total sacks over under seven and a half. We we didn't have a single. We haven't had a freshman get a sack in twenty years. So. <laughs> I, I'll I'll say under. Easy. Yes, 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 definitely. Another one that's kind of another. Miles Cole and Tyree Wilson total sacks over under twelve and a half. We under. had yeah under. Uh, I mean, until I see it. Yeah, I'm the same, same way. We just our pass rush is just not there, and and then also, you know, I saw I did a post on Tyree Wilson, and people were like, "Well, so and so had so many." Like sacks is not necessarily the best way to measure a pass rusher, for but sure. I, so yeah, you, we could have a good pass rush and not from those two guys, and then them not get that many sacks. It's mm-hmm. that's possible. They could just blow up plays. Yeah, and, and guys can throw it away. Yeah, or some other guy get a sack. 
or them just elect to stop throwing deep balls because right. they can't block them. Yeah. Um, I like, I like this last question. <laughs> I don't know how to uh, interpret it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you. Um, so total snacks um, and I, for Adrian Fry or Rayshad Williams, I'll tell you in his mind, a snack is a non-offensive touchdown. So, Oh, can, okay. So you can take a punt for snacks or, or a pick for snacks. Um, so he's asking who will have more non-offensive touchdowns, Adrian Fry or Rayshad Williams. You gotta be Fry just cause he's going to, I would assume he's the returner. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I think it was just interceptions. I might go, uh, Rayshad, but I, yeah, yeah. Tend to, I agree with Fry. All right. So that was it for the over-unders. Thank you. Uh, run the draw TT. Um, Next question is from The Spoon. What would each of you consider a quote-unquote successful season this year, both in terms of wins and losses and overall positional and team goals? Thanks in advance. Uh, this one's tough. I think that if, you're, if you lose or if you win fewer than four games, that's that's – not so four games could be a success winning four games that would be tough to tough pill to swallow but anything less than that is absolutely not a success what i what i'm most concerned about is like is this team going to be annoying to play like are our team's going to leave Lubbock or are we going to leave fun to watch or fun fun to watch yes which is the same question right yes yeah like you know, are, are the are the message boards on, you know, in is Sickle 365 going to be saying, I'm so glad that that game's over. You know, like they like they were physical. They're fast. They're, we were lucky good to get out. in a couple yeah. years. Yeah. Basically, kind of maybe how like we talked about, like Iowa State, Kansas State in the past, maybe something like that. So it's hard to put that into terms of wins and losses. But I do think four is that line. If you. If you're, you know, if you're four and eight, that sucks, but I can see a world where that's acceptable. Yeah. For me, it's the wins and losses is a bowl game. Yeah. Like if, if we make a bowl game, it's a successful season. One, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, I think my, I, my, I agree. Yeah. My other answer, which is not, doesn't have anything to do with wins and losses, is the feeling that we all have right now. Yeah. You know, you get on like Twitter, we're playing a top 10 team on the road. We're going to be like double digit underdog and every tech fan I'm talking about at NC state and every tech fans like Joey McGuire's going to win it. No way. No way we lose. <laughs> if, if we have this sense about McGuire and the program after the year, mm-hmm. it was a successful season. And yeah. Kind of, yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't know if I think we could still have this feeling without making a bowl game. Yes. I think. Yeah. And so that's, if we can, you know, continue this momentum, um, it would be a successful season. Yes. Now, I think making a bowl game will help with that. Oh, man. Making a bowl game would be uh, incredible, I think. Um, seeing some progress throughout the year would be – like, I don't think we ever really saw progress out of Cliff or Wells. Like, things are going – like, we can see a roadmap to where things improve. I don't think we ever really saw that. But with McGuire, we've already seen it recruiting-wise. He's recruiting the type of players we need to succeed. So if we can see some progress on the field, that would even that might continue the feeling that we have now. Next question from my morning jacket. 
He wants to hear some defensive talk. Maybe how DeRuiter's defense differs from Patterson's, how we replace production at linebacker, youngsters that we think will see a lot of snaps, et cetera. Uh, defensively, DeRuiter is honestly – he's he's similar to me. I talk about Kitley being a pragmatist, which is like he does what works, and he's going to do what works. If Miles Price is open, he's going to throw it to Miles Price. If Sir can't be stopped, he's going to keep handing it to Sir Geruder is similar in the, in the sense that he's not married to a odd front, an even front, a three, five, two, uh, whatever he, he's, he will change what he does in the middle of a drive. We saw that at Oregon. We saw it at Cal. We saw it at AM, We saw it at Fresno state. He's, he's been a odd man front guy at a couple of stops. He's been an even man front guy at a couple of stops. And then at Oregon, he kind of married all of that together. And it just depended on what he wanted to do. He ran five man, um, you know, uh, lines a couple of times at Oregon. So that's, that's, what's different between him and Patterson. Um, but what's weird is we saw Patterson's defense was difficult to grasp. Like we, we, there was multiple times where guys didn't know what they were doing or how to line up. We saw that in games. Um, I, I ne- I've never seen DeRuiter's defense look like that. Like they may not be good, but they were, they weren't, they didn't look lost. And so I don't know how he marries the multiple schemes with simplicity, but it seems like he does. And so to me, that is similar to Kitley, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. The, Replacing production at linebacker, I don't think you replace guys like Schooler. I just – I don't. I, I think those I, – I say that. I would have said that about Brooks too, and then you got Schooler. So, I don't know. I mean, but they're different players, but they're the same type of player. Um, really, Schooler really was good. a gift from God. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We weren't replacing Brooks unless COVID happens, Pac-12 is stupid, all of those things. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think you replace him. Um, but I, I think – I don't know why – Merriweather was soured on by the last coaching staff. I don't get it. I think he's a very good football player. I think Moore has really special skills, Dimitri Moore, um, and, and a lot of experience, which we've seen matters. Uh, and I think that Jacob Rodriguez is a stud. And so I think you have guys who can replace the production, um, but I don't know if they provide the special plays that Schooler did. Uh, yeah. So that's um, – I'm excited about Rodriguez. You know, Virginia had a, a really good offense. He didn't play a ton, but mm. he played offensive snaps as yeah. like a freshman. I mean, yeah. he's a he's seen, a he's a absolute stud athlete. He has to be. I mean, yes. we've seen guys it, that it takes a while for them to for them to get on the field. I mean, he's playing offensive snaps as a freshman on a, one of the best offenses in the country. And and now we're, you know, moving him to defense. That he's intriguing. I don't have a good handle on Ritter's uh, defense yet I, I just I do remember though at Cal that they kind of took the world by like storm I mean people were yeah. like what are they doing at Cal they, they that they went from almost as ex- exact situation we were in yeah trying to compete with us for the worst defense ever yeah and had, we're playing like top 10 defense and, and it was just crazy if I remember so, right he was like the first guy to do that we're gonna dare you to run the ball thing like we're going to play a light box and we're just going to say, you're not disciplined enough to keep doing it. And it worked for him. If I remember right, it's been a while, but and if we're talking about differences though, the one thing that stands out is how we're moving guys around, you know, 
Yeah. Tyree Wilson's listed as a linebacker. Yeah. And, uh, and that helps with the, the, like the, the diverse schemes. Cause if he was just, you know, your field edge rusher, he lines up at one spot every time as a linebacker, you have some, you can play with it a little bit. Yeah. Next question is from Ben Golan. He's asking me to, if I had to bet my entire net worth, on a 2023 tech football commit making an all big 12 first team in their career. Who is it? And why is it Miguel Dingle jr. The linebacker from South Carolina. That's like a track star really good looking player. Yeah, man, this is, this was tough. Um, I tried. Um, and you know how I'm so predisposed to (laughs) assigning to McCollin every high school signing a bust. It's a, it's a good hit rate. And what I what I kept going back to is if we hit on a quarterback and we have Kitley as our offensive coordinator, he's probably going to be the first, a first team All Big Twelve quarterback. Yeah. Now, is Jake is Kitley still going to be here? Is Jake Strong going to be a hit? And if those two things happen, I think he can be a you know I think he can be a first team because he's going to throw for like fifty five hundred yards. Right. Um, and so I kind of want, that's kind of who I want to go with. Um, I want to go, I, I, so I think it's tough. I, I would, this dingle. Yeah. I mean, he, he drew my eye, um, the track guy from Louisiana that we just got, who has an awesome name, um, macho, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Mark yeah, yeah. Macho. And he's got gold dreadlocks. I mean, that was a really <laughs> tough guy to pass on. Yeah. 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 I really that was that's tough. I would have to really spend some time, but my my first guess was Jake Strong. See, I almost I, I, would it be cheating to pick one of the offensive linemen? Just so because I, I, I was thinking about fatigue too. That wasn't he was yeah. Just because there's the like that they're they they have the most spots to. And we I think we have a better history. Yeah. Of that because my first guess was tyrone west highest rated receiver tech tech yeah. Is receivers yeah um but then i started thinking am i getting the most bang for my buck with an offensive lineman um so I, my, mine would probably be either tyrone west or fatigue uh would would that those two would be hard to pass up i think then his next question is explain what makes a high school prospect a bust according to my algorithm. And this reminds me, I'm going to, I'm going to start my own recruiting service mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be just like rivals and all the others, except it's going to be all, it's only going to be about busts. Like <laughs> say whether a guy is a bust or not, or maybe like a percentage. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know how sometimes you'll get a tweet, like a notification that'll say, um, you know, breaking Ben Golan has put in a crystal ball for <laughs> so-and-so right. and you click on it and you see where he, well, my, I'm going to have that, but it's going to say Ben Golan has declared this player a bust. Right. You know, and you'll get a, a notification. Everyone, all the analysts on my site will put their bust predictions in and you'll be graded on, you know, if you, <laughs> if, if like, if you say have a class of 20 guys, you, there won't be, they'll be ranked by how many will be busts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like Alabama will have like maybe a, a 28% bust rate predicted by. So, but what, what goes into that is uh, it's, it's an art, you know, it's not a science. Like if, if I see a guy who's got multiple power five offers 
on uh, quote unquote offers mm-hmm. and he's going to North Texas, he's a bust. Okay. That's <laughs> in my opinion. Yes. If, if you've got a guy, if I look at his social media page and it looks like Harrison Jeffers social media page, he's a bust. <laughs> These are some things that go into my kind of, um analysis here look i mean look goes into it what does this guy look like where is he from yes so dingle is a good example here okay in my opinion if you have a guy who is the son of a prominent football player at your school and you don't get you don't take that guy or he goes elsewhere because you like recruited him but he didn't choose to go there he's probably not going to be a bust because okay. that's just karma. That's karma, like the, yeah, way that, yeah. the way that the world works. So Dingle's right. dad played at South Carolina, right? Or Clemson. Yeah, I believe so. And I don't, they don't want him. Okay. He runs track. There's, you look at him like, why is this? I mean, clearly the guy can play football. We, we pick him off and he, I, therefore I'm inclined to think he is not going to be a bust. South Carolina message boards are going to be like, what were we doing? How did we not get this guy? You know, it's right. just, those are so. Those are just a couple examples of uh, yeah, yeah. What goes into my I think, that's, I think that's all all right. Yes, there are some things that go into busts and not busts that I can't share on a podcast as well. And I know you feel the same way. Yeah. So you'll have to meet us personally to know those things. All right. Uh, from Chase Allen wants to know some more of my quote unquote jersey numbers matter interpretations. Yeah. And, I, and, I and you're right on this. You were, you were 100% correct because I bet I can even, I bet we're on similar pages. Like I'm looking at a guy that I was excited about. I'm going to see if you can guess this player. This might be the best way to do this. I was excited about this player on in a position of need who has a good pedigree, was a good player, recruited player coming out of high school. And his number may, I, I now see his number and I'm just no chance. There's no chance this guy is going to, he's a defensive side of the ball. Is it, Wooten? No, it is Wooten. Yes. Yeah, that he, was a tough one for me. You can't be 51. Number 51. Yeah. You can't be number 51 and get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it can't happen. It won't happen. Yeah. And he had, you know, he had a year to um, kind of sit out and pick off a number from somebody that was leaving. Yep. I agree. I mean, that, that one, I, that one stood out to me as well. And because then on the flip side, you've got somebody like Miles Cole, who's 6'6, 270, 285. Okay. Yeah. And he's going to be wearing number five. That's which, stud. He, yeah, that's a strong, we making plays. Another one that was interesting to me is Kosai Eldridge. So he's, um, he, he was like, what, in the 20s last year? I believe and, so. Yes. You know, he's a, he's old. He's a super senior. He only played like 50 snaps last year. We're going to be relying on him this year. And he moves mm-hmm. to number six, takes Good. Rico's number. Good move. Um, you know, history says if you don't play that much until you're 24, <laughs> you're, you're not, you know, history says that that's not going to be a guy that's going to be like an all-conference player. Yeah. or like legit. But he's number six now. So, yeah. Um, Here's That's one, Jake. We've already mentioned him. Jacob Rodriguez comes in, gets thirteen. Yeah, that dude's that. playing. He's playing. Yeah. The good linebacker number two. Yes, they don't just hand out thirteens. Nope. The linebackers, I don't think that they don't think can play. 
which also is interesting about uh, Tavares Elston Jr. getting 17. That's a good linebacker number two. It is. But, yeah. Another one, another one is uh, Kobe Miner, number three. Another good number. Yeah. He's a guy that's played some yeah. uh, as a, a early. So they mentioned know, him in, sp- in the spring, I believe. He's been mentioned by yeah. m- both the staffs as a guy. And, you know, he's um, in his dad like a big speed trainer or something. Something um, like that, I believe, yeah. He's a Here's guy one. that – Oh, sorry. Here's one for you. Freshman, based off his number, he might play Tyler King. Yeah. What was his number? 21, which is a weird receiver number. But, like, he's apparently the fastest dude in the, on the roster. So, 21 kind of fits that. So, I'm wondering – like, I don't know. That's – the fact that he doesn't – it's not an 80s makes me think he might actually play. Yeah. I like that. So here's another one, you know, like John, John Davis. Okay. Who is that guy? You might be asking. Well, he's number 27. Uh-huh. That's not, I mean, I think we can draw a conclusion there that he's, he's probably not, not this year. He's just a sophomore, but yeah. Not, yeah. Not and then Reg, Reggie Pearson's number two. So we didn't need to know much. We didn't need to see a number change for him. No, um, but that just kind of solidified. He's going to be a big part of what we're doing. I have um, one that's going to, you know, a lot of people like I don't expect defensive linemen to come in and contribute year one. A lot of people thought maybe Joseph, I never know how to say his last name, out of Dyer. Yeah. They um, might they thought maybe he would come in. He's number 43. So yeah, probably not. It's and then you got big Sam Carell, the I don't know, maybe a walk-on, the guy from Washington State. That's huge. Number yeah. 99. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I mean, for an interior lineman yeah. to get that as a redshirt freshman walk-on transfer. Yeah. Good sign for him. Yeah. I was looking at the sincere Massey getting 90s. Not bad either. Um, a guy I thought might contribute. Now I don't know. Um, Jordan Brown, the, the transfer with the dreads from Kansas. Like he was I in like a bunch him. of videos from the yeah. spring. 86 tells me probably not this year. Yeah, Again, young, but probably not. So, All right. Next one is from Tyler Holloway. Wants us to hand out preseason awards and superlatives. It's kind of broad. Um, uh, the, I really – it's tough. I mean – Was it like offensive MVP? Yeah. MVP, defensive my, my MVP? My offensive MVP would be um, – Miles Price. I think he might have, because I'd be inclined to pick a quarterback, but we got some possible issues there. Well, your quarterback should be your team MVP, I think. But unless but if, unless Tyree Wilson gets like fifteen sacks or something. Yeah, or unless they, you know, they're not good. Them. Yeah, or they're not playing the whole time. Right. Um. So yeah, I think I think Miles Price could have a thousand yards this year. Yeah. Yeah, if I I would either go him or uh, Taj Brooks, and then um, defense, I'd probably go Tyree Wilson. But I could see I could see him being really really good and not have a bunch of crazy numbers. Uh, too. I'm it's I'm tempted to pick a safety, um, one of the three: Pearson, Waters, and Rabbit. I think maybe one might have like several picks, a, fum- a couple of fumble recoveries, maybe a touchdown, something like that. 
Um, but I just, I don't know. I don't know which one it would be. So that's not really a good answer. Team MVP, if it's your quarterback, we had a good season. If it's not, we didn't. I think it's that simple. That's not really an answer to that question, but I think that's how you can look at it. <laughs> so if Donovan Smith wins the team MVP award, we're in business. All right. Next one, Whitlock safety. I don't, it's, it just says touches for running backs versus run slash pass percentage. Um, I think maybe he's asking like kind of what you talked about yeah. earlier, I think. Yeah. Like whether, who's going to be running the ball. Who's going to be catching the ball. Yeah. And we, and we talked, and I really don't, that's an interesting question. Yeah. If, yeah. 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 Cause like his last question there and will we see more touches, but fewer rushing attempts. That's kind of like what you were talking about. Yeah. And I think we will. Well, I don't know about fewer rushing attempts, but I do think we will see more receptions from our running backs. Yes, totally. In this offense. And then he, and, and another is he's talking about, you know, Leach harped on distributing the touches to all the different. And I, I think that'll be the case too with yes. Kelly's offense. I think Save except for Price, I think. I think Price will be, will be targeted a lot. Um, and he asks if we will see the tunnel screen again, a la Nehemiah Glover. We will. I mean, I mean, he he throws a ton of screens, quick stuff. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. We will see. Yeah. He ran that. That is a staple of his offense for sure. His next question is who will be the top three tacklers? And um, yeah, from for me, I think it's somewhat easy. It's Reggie yes. Pearson, Dadrian Taylor, and Krishan Merriweather is my th- would be my top three. I think I would go Pierce. I think I would go Merriweather, Dimitri Moore, Pearson. Yeah. I think Dadrian Taylor will be in there. He's going to play kind of somewhat closer. I think uh, Pearson and Dadrian will play closer to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. They will. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. And then the next one is over under on from this is from Whitlock safety over under on number of sacks as a team. We had about 17 or 18 last year, which is terrible. Yeah. Is 25. Is that too big of a jump? No, I mean, that's kind of a normal, that'd be low for a lot of teams. I know, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be crazy is my thing. So maybe, maybe 27, you, you jump 10 might be, the best way to, to answer that. Next one from Grand Guy. Predict how the ball will be distributed between wide, wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. We've talked about this some. I do. I think that is interesting. You know, Kitley with the the new tight ends. He, you know, he, he. I saw the tight end that he had last year was just some. I mean, I'm sure it was a good, great guy, but uh, you know, just didn't appear to be very athletic or no and but what i saw he had like 15 catches yeah and seven of them were touchdowns yeah i mean yeah seven yeah like we already said earlier we didn't have a single guy with more than four (laughs) yes you know i think he clearly will throw the ball to this to a tight end Mm -hmm. in in the red zone um i would i would guess though that that we will see um it'll be like 80 percent 90 percent of our receptions will be by wide receivers and running backs versus a tight end. Yeah. I was going to say 75% wide receiver and split the, the rest split that 25% amongst the, the others. Yeah. Uh, 
That sounds right to me. Then he asked, "Who will? Who, what three players will have the most receptions?" I think you know Miles is clear cut number one. I probably have Bradley. Yep. And then, and then Tharp probably running back. Oh, okay. I was gonna go Price, Bradley, Tharp was gonna be my answer. Wow, you, yeah, you're high on Tharp. I, yeah, I, I have heard, and maybe I'm taking too much from it, but McGuire um, has said, you know, like our tight ends need to be able to block. Yeah. Like, he kind of acknowledges something that makes so, so much sense, right? That the whole reason you use a tight end is to put pressure on a defense. And the reason that puts pressure on them is because they've got to respect the fact that you could be running. They, they're good blockers, yeah, but they sure. can also run around and catch the ball. Yeah. So if, if like a guy like Tharp, who, if he's not able to block there, that is not a, there's no, you're not putting pressure on him in that way. I mean, you're putting pressure on him in the sense that he's six foot nine. Yeah, you know, can run and catch a pass, um, but I, it, I think you can put tight ends in a position to block. Like they don't have to be offensive linemen, basically. Like you can help them out some. And I think if if Tharp is as good as we think he is, they'll put him in positions to block. That's kind of my theory on that. Next one is from DWDJR. And he asks us to drag our balls across Pac-12 media and explain why the Big 12 is superior and going to steal all their remaining good schools. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, these three writers, um, Pac-12 guys, uh, are just I, – I don't really understand. Like, on one sense, I guess they, they – maybe they get a bunch of clicks. Like, if, if all they do is, like, attack the Big 12, does that – help them in like a business sense from getting a bunch of clicks. I think it just, ma- I think it makes them feel better. So yeah. So maybe it makes them feel better. They probably get a ton of clicks and the, their some of their bases are those schools that are like not likely to go to the big 10 and not likely to be big 12 candidates. And so they definitely want to hear that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just wrong. I mean, there's no way that they're that dumb. They're not, they're not dumb. These guys aren't dumb that no. are writing these things. And if you put Alabama and LSU on a certain network and put them at a certain time, their, their numbers aren't going to be that good. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, all they're, they compare when they're doing these comparisons, um, the Pac-12, it's credit to the Pac-12. They have a TV deal that is way better than ours. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't pay very well, but it's way better than ours in the sense that it's eyeballs. They are playing. No one else is playing. So, so that's a product of their time zone, but they get so many games on Fox and ABC and ESPN and uh, Act 12 after dark. It's a whole thing. Right. And then the other part is that when their games are either on like the best networks or they're on the PAC 12 network and there's no numbers for those. So anytime they're doing those comparisons, there are no, there's no data for their worst games. Whereas the Big 12, almost all of our games are on Fox Sport One, and and Kansas is playing. And I mean, <laughs> it's like you, you can't. There's no. It's not intellectually honest to say that to you to do what they're doing. And you know, like one time UT and OU played on Fox Sports One, and like two point something, two point seven million or watched it. Okay, and Tech played Oklahoma State on Fox at eleven when we beat them. That when we made Spencer Sanders look like an idiot. Yeah. Um, I guess Wells first year. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. And it was like 2.8 million people watched it. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't, uh, th- like, that doesn't mean that tech in Oklahoma State's a better draw than te- Texas and OU. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 
So it's networks and people who want to talk about, let's go get a streaming. Let's go get Amazon and all this stuff. That's great. Maybe they'll pay us a lot, but nobody's going to like in five, 10 years, if we get a deal like that and they're comparing TV numbers, we're going to have terrible numbers, right? Terrible numbers. If you, if we're playing games that are streaming only, our numbers are going to be terrible. Right. Now, it might be a great TV deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cause I, I'm a fan of streaming, but I, I concede what you're saying. The thing that, that, that makes me laugh about the PAC 12 is they, the way they kind of turned their nose up at the big 12 after the Texas and OU left very like, Oh man, you know, guys, that that's really unfortunate, you know, bless y'all's hearts down there. Um, to it's unfortunate that you're so stupid and conservative and, you know, lack a, like a broad sense of the world. Uh, it is unfortunate because, you know, maybe, maybe we would have thought about adding you guys. Um, but I just, I think we're good. You don't have the academic integrity, all that stuff. And then they get the same bomb dropped on them. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't seem like they care as much about academics as they used to, you know, like, it's just funny how, you say one thing when everything is very comfortable, you think it is. And then uh, your world gets turned upside down like theirs has. And now a lot of the things they, they, uh, they were clinging to turns out not to be as strong when the, when the big dog leaves in USC. But um, like I said, I, I said on the radio the other day, I don't blame your Mark or your Mark PAC 12's commissioner Klykoff or whatever. I don't blame the way he acted. I think that's the only way you can act. It's like when you corner a dog or like when you get into a fight and your only way you're going to win is if you act insane. Like that's how he acted. That was his only form. Uh, that was his only form of offense. It's just to say insane things. And that's what people are talking about. And it worked. I think it was, a, I think it was a good strategy. It's just, it's not true. And it, it, I don't think it'll, it'll ultimately mean anything, but I don't mind the strategy. So I mean, having, having looked at some of the, like, uh, there's a guy on uh, Sikkim 365 who did like a detailed breakdown where he, he is trying to control for the time of the game and the network and comparing Big 12 and Pac-12. And what my conclusion, having looked at it myself and then read his article and then looked at attendance stuff, is clearly the Big 12 draws more eyeballs and there's more interest in the Big 12. It's not as much as, a, as I thought, the, the, the gap between us and the Pac-12. I right. would say it's, it's somewhere between like 10 to 25% more. Yeah. It's like our draw. And, but how, with, that, with that said, they are extremely top-heavy. Like Oregon is a huge, huge draw, I think. Now, they only play on the best networks and on the best, at the best time. So um, if you put – you know, if you take them and put them in Fox Sports One playing TCU at 11 a.m. on when Fox is shilling Ohio State and Michigan, which is being played at the same time, now they probably don't draw. Maybe you know they don't draw anywhere close to what they're doing. But right. um, I, so and so the, the, it is better. It, is it? What does that look like dollar wise? I don't know. You know, Utah's former athletic director today in an article was like quoted and, and acknowledged that there would be a difference. And his response was, you know, there's not that big of a difference between a 35 million distribution in the PAC 12 or a 40 in the big 12. And he, he, those numbers might be kind of right. Like um, it may be like five to 10 million uh, difference. And is that enough? Like the question for me is like, is that enough? Didn't he I say think, something stupid? Like money won't be the deciding factor. It's like, yes, it will. Yeah. I mean, 
I think it will. I do think there is like, I don't think it's like, okay, is it a dollar more? We're going, Yeah. you know, it's, is it a million more? We're, we're going, it's there. It is. It does have to be a little bit more than, cause there, there's, there, there is some like friction in leaving, you know, like if you're Arizona and Arizona state, isn't going to leave for whatever reason, that's friction and leaving. Mm. If you're Colorado and you've got so many of your donors and so many of your alumni are in the West coast and you're going to be now leaving and playing uh, in the big 12, there, there's some friction there. Yeah. Uh, and so is, is the dollar difference enough to like overcome that? I think it is. And I think like, cause there's also the other factor, which is like stability. The big, one of the big 12, the best thing going for the big 12 is we're all just kind of like average and, and there's no real threat that we're going to dissolve anytime soon. And, and there is that cause Pac-12 just has these like heavy hitters in Oregon, or they've got, some other schools who have maybe strong enough like political ties with US UCLA to where they might get it, uh, or you got a like a school like Stanford who's like a wild card because they're so loaded with endowments and they've got the Notre Dame connection, yeah, you know. Yeah. So they just have, um, and, and the, the Pac-12 people can't get that through their head that that is a negative, <laughs> like it's a negative to have a top heavy. Right, it, it, right now it is, you know, if it's a if only one conference is going to survive between the Big Twelve and the Pac-12 it's a, it is an absolute negative to have really heavy hitters at the top. Yeah. Yeah. To that the makes 12, sense. Which is extremely balanced. And unfortunately looking at those numbers, what I didn't like to see was like Baylor doing well uh, in TCU doing well. Like we're not, we, and this is going to change because we're looking at our floor. Um, Cause we've just been so bad at football. And so, yeah. so apathetic. This is um, about as bad as it could be. You'd think. Yeah. It, I, I just, we, we, we kind of need to be better to be honest. Yes. Um, and, and it's a, a product of not being good at football as you play at 11 AM on Fox sports one. And, and you have, even if you have like a decent to good matchup, there's only like 300, 400,000 people are going to watch Yeah, what was, but what's interesting, you know, when we played, when we play Arizona and Arizona state in those late time slots, huge numbers, Yeah, 1.8 million. I mean, watching it, it would yeah. be an all time. It would be like one of the premier PAC 12, games that yeah. didn't Oregon or any of those other schools would was tech Arizona, you know, two terrible teams playing each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what's it. That, that's going to be interesting to see play out. Um, but sounds like, you know, your mark, we, we got, we may have the uh, better commissioner, which might be what wins the day. Yeah. So um, next question from red Raider fan five. Um, was Taylor's biggest reason for hesitancy in re-upping the podcast, just the temptations that come with fame. Yes. Yeah, that was it. You nailed it. Good job. I think just if it, the, if we boil it down, you just don't on your priorities in life, like this podcast, it's, you enjoy it, but like it's success or doing it routinely and getting people to watch it that is not something that really moves the needle. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I just, I want us to be like the, uh, oh, I just kicked one of my kids toys. Uh, I, uh, it's one of those things like I want to be the, the band, like before they get a big record label, like the cool band, maybe that's it. You don't want to be, you don't want to go mainstream. Right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it. It's, yeah it's you're yeah you're too cool yeah exactly 
yeah of course okay. uh, naturally <laughs> all right jay bockham asks which position group needs to improve the most quarterback quarterback yeah i mean like i said that's that, that may not be swings the, games yeah that might not be the answer as worded like which needs to improve the most it's probably like offensive line maybe yeah that's yeah. winning games yeah I agree. Even if you even if you even if you have a guy you like more than the other, that guy still needs to get better. That's why this is a competition. Next one from Jay Bacham. Which position group is the deepest and or most talented at this time? It's wild, but it's the secondary. I, I think so too. It makes no sense. It's but the best. deepest for sure. Um, I think most talent, like most talented, you maybe could argue running back. I yeah. think we have two that could play for a lot of people true i think we got a lot of dvs that could play for people. yeah rayshad williams marquise waters reggie pearson malik dunlap all those guys can play. Taylor. i think yes. Taylor can play for people yep um all right next mr lobster says i think you need dick smiley on here i think that guy is dick smiley he loves dick smiley <laughs> all right uh next one jak porte jack porte 32 um, we'll we'll do the he he. This first one is key matchups for each team on the schedule. We'll go. We'll do that week to week. Yeah. And then his another one. He just says over slash unders question mark. I don't know. <laughs> what that one the next one is favorite NCAA football game or favorite feature mode not named Dynasty. For me, this the favorite NCAA game was, I think it was, oh four oh five. It was our oh four team. Yeah. Uh, because we had that that NCAA game had the uh, had those like super players like they had that a star under yes. them and they yeah. start yeah. pulsing and they would just yeah. go crazy. Yeah. And for Tech, it was Jared Hicks. Yes. And Tech was like one of the only teams in the game that had two their impact players. You had three on the whole team. Yeah. And two were outside receivers. Yeah. And they at any almost there was like an eighty percent chance one would be pulsing. Yep. And the other thing, what what I would do, I played online. Yeah. You move. I would move Robert Johnson. Sorry. Cumby, but I would move Robert Johnson to quarterback. He had like high throwing like ratings and he yeah. was fast. And it was unstoppable. I mean, you had yeah. a, re- a receiver playing quarterback. People would quit. They, like they thought I was like cheating or like I had some, but I was like, no, I just know. I mean, this is Robert Johnson, man. Like I, we had a rule in our friend group that you couldn't play as Texas Tech because it wasn't fun. You could throw it to Jared Hicks first, second, third, fourth down. One of the times it was going for six every time. Oh. Flani was on there too. Yeah, so we, we couldn't well, even play. Fair, the other thing that was funny about that is Baylor, their impact player was a punter. It was yes. that, uh, yes. Brett Samansky. And I think AM's was their kicker, which was also funny. Yeah. Uh, and then favorite mode, not named Dynasty. At one point, they had mascot mode. You remember that? You could play the whole team was just mascots. Yeah, I remember it. I never did it. <laughs> I did that for fun. <laughs> There was also there was a game like in the '90s that had um, like all time teams. So you had the mm-hmm. you could play with like '90s, you could, yeah, like '97 uh, Nebraska, like Eric yeah. Crouch or something. Um, all right, now this might be one of the last ones. M. M. John twenty eight. How many upset wins do you think Tech ultimately pulls off this season? And so I want to critique the, you know what is an upset because um, I think we could be two point underdogs to U of H and win that game at home and that's to me not an upset yeah. i mean it kind of is if, if you win as an underdog you're an upset that's an upset i guess but um 
like that is it really though i mean no no one's gonna be like we upset u of a <laughs> i hope uh, yeah i hope not saying that um because technically we won as like a two-point underdog last year to u of a yeah yeah although maybe that wasn't upset they they were pretty they ended good. up being good yes um, and they had an incredible game plan <laughs> but to, so if if it's if it's just how many games do we win if we close as the underdog um i would guess Four? I would set it at three and a half. Yeah. And yeah. I would be like three or four. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I do. I, I think we're going to beat one of my, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I think we will beat one of UT or OU this year. I would love it. Absolutely we're, love it. We're due to, to at least we are with, due. With, with them on yeah. the home side. And then rank, and then he wants us to rank the potential upset wins from most to least likely. And so then I still have that kind of, I'm not, you know, is winning as a two point underdog and upset. Um, because if, if it is, then the most likely are the ones where we're going to be small underdogs, um, yeah. like at Kansas state mm-hmm. U of H at home, potentially mm-hmm. um, even UT is going to be, I think that line could be closer than people think, especially yeah. since they, they might lose to UTSA the week before and U of H might lose to them too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's likely, you know, we got at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Another one is Baylor at home. That that line's probably going to be kind of short. It's probably, mm. probably going to be like Baylor minus seven, like minus seven. I would say the, the least likely you would go Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, NC State, something like that. But yeah, would, would be my pick. NC State is going to be like, that's just, I, 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 that might be the least likely to me. Yeah. The timing, the timing of the game, um, they'll be fired up um and still kind of good like you know they'll play they'll be two or three and oh in top 10 and um you know they might they'll have a lot of confidence you know and it'll be interesting to see kind of what we look like playing on the east coast against Mm -hmm. a team like that um another one from m john which big 12 team do you think is most likely to overperform versus their preseason projections or expectations and um I would say if it's coming from like the tech fan sense, I would probably say UT because like tech fans yeah, would probably yeah. say like UT is going to be terrible. Yep. Um, they're, yep. they've got a bunch of good players and they're like, you know, the Sark knows like, what he's doing offensively. Yeah, they're, they're being given like 20, 30% chance to win the conference. If you look at the lines, um, I, I would say them versus yeah. their expectations. Yes. You know, because, yep. um, because then you got like someone like Baylor, people kind of have them hyped up and that's why yeah baylor is my question Baylor's gonna be good but i don't know if they'll match their so they might be my underperform yes that's what i was about to say they're my underperform but only because like they still may win seven or eight games but they were predicted to win or finish second in the or win the conference whatever it was that's another one's kansas state i I, I like their i like that quarterback they have and colin anybody can know how to use a one of those quarterbacks it's him yeah. I, I like the coach um, and their expectations are always like kind of low. Like it's people just underestimate them. Yeah. Uh, if you could, the next one from M John, if you could steal one player on offense and one on defense from any other big 12 team, who would you steal and why? My defensive guy is that massive Samoan nose yes. tackle from Baylor. Yep. That was exactly where I was going. Yep. Uh, and then I, I would imagine him with Tyree and mile. I mean, we would actually look <laughs> Yes. Uh, the the offensive one was tough to me because what does one offensive lineman really do? I don't know. Um, 
I guess it would kind of I'd be tempted to take the best offensive lineman, whoever it is, or Dylan Gabriel. I think Dylan Gabriel's good. Yeah. Quarterback. And as it, if it was any other year in the Big 12 where there's like a stud quarterback, this is an easy one. Yeah. I would yeah. the TCU wide receiver is going to be oh like a, yeah. Yeah. Quentin Johnson. Yeah. I mean, that guy's like the real deal. Yeah. He would be that UT receiver. Um, what's his name? Like Worthy, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, and Bijan Robinson. I mean, Jesus, yeah. he's a, like a once in a generation player. So it's probably Bijan. Who's the guy, the the OU receiver who ended up not transferring from? He's from Frisco. Really good. That's uh, gonna drive me insane. We're running our zooms run out of time. Uh, but he would be. He might be my pick. Actually, how much time we got? Two minutes for Marvin Mims. That's my pick. Uh, two minutes forty seconds. Sorry. All right, let's see. All right. Last one from him, John. Bonus basketball. Who gets the harsher welcome, Beard or McCuller? Beard. 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 He'll be he'll be these holier than thou folks. Like, oh, like Kevin. We, we yes. We respect what he did. I won't. There will be. I will not either. But yes, there will be plenty of those. Absolutely. How many How many points could you and Taylor Beetle score on Amac and Bacho? As many as we wanted. I don't know what we're playing to. I don't know if they're trying. If they weren't trying, we'd be jacking up like 40 footers yes. and then maybe a couple would go in. If they were trying, probably zero, maybe like <laughs> five points. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we Our only hope would be jacking up threes. They score every possession. Honestly. Yes. Now that is true. Yes. <laughs> Last one, A-Train 2.0. He's asking, there's been a stretch of really good linebackers for Tech. Who will be the next best to keep this stretch alive or any of them capable? I don't think we have anyone capable of Schooler, Brooks, Dakota. Um, I don't that, think we that, have any – I don't think we have anybody of Brooks's caliber. I think he was on a different level, even with Schooler. Uh, but I think Jacob Rodriguez is the next in that line. Yeah, probably not this year. But no, but yes, the next in that line. All right, that's it. Nice. Awesome. All right, so now we will – the last question asked, what would it take to make this a podcast a weekly, biweekly occurrence? It will probably – it will be weekly from now on. Um, we, we just kind of took the summer off. And uh, so we'll get back on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to get going. Anything oh, else? God, there's been a lot since we started recording. How much time we got? One minute. Who's Pick the best, best value time. Big 12 champion bet? Which one total are you hammering the over on? And which one are you betting the under? I've got the over on Texas – Unfortunately, I have a bad number on the tech under. I, if I could do it now, I would take the over. I got yeah. a bad number. It moved on me. Who's the best value Big 12 champion bet? I'd go tech, to be honest. If we're like 60, 70, 80 to 1, and you all we get to do is make the championship. What's, what's Texas? Like plus 230, 2.5 to 1. Pays like 2.5 to 1. That's not a bad one either. Yeah. I would, I would want to take a really, really long shot, get them in the championship game, and then you can – take the other side you know you can <laughs> edge a little bit get, yeah you can get value out of it <laughs> all right well before you get cut off mid-sentence we will uh, see you guys next week walked into the spot from here it's potable these nerds nerd out a lot if you are a big tech nerd but you walked into the spot From here is potable These nerds, these nerds nerd out a lot
Go, Hunter.